0: never ever marks this spot. the ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm oh, Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that has learned the hard way Joey doesn't simply share food. My <laughs> name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, this is my brother Peter. Here. Hey, man. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. How about you? Um, I'm yeah, no, I, I I thought to myself, I had a really busy week and I thought to myself, what did I watch? What did I read? And then I started making a list and I went, Holy cow, I got a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome because I honestly do not have anything. Um, I've been oh. pretty busy, uh, Since we last talked, um, it seems like every day there's just something going on. And uh, the one cool thing that I did uh, this weekend was I went to a wedding, which was pretty fun. It's. You know we're in the season of everything that was has been pushed off is finally happening. So there's a lot of weddings and other events going on. But I went to a wedding and I actually had a pretty cool experience at the table I was at because it was one of those things where I sat down and uh, my wife was uh, one of the bridesmaids. So I was just kind of at this table by myself with this huge group of people that I didn't know and. Uh, it was one of those things where there's a uh, couple people to my right who were talking about horror movies, and I was like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> so I just started talking to them about horror movies and stuff. And then a little bit later, I heard the group to my left were talking about different anime series and stuff, and I was like, okay, I can do this too. <laughs> so it ended up being like <laughs> this really cool table of just like nothing but just really huge like pop culture nerds. And uh, I've never been at a, to a wedding where this hap- where this happened before, but it was just like everybody clicked probably probably because we had like similar interests. And by the end of the night, we all took like a group picture and, and stuff. And it was just pretty awesome overall. So I was, <laughs> I was actually super stoked on that whole experience in general. Oh, nice. Well, that's yeah, good. absolutely. That's good. I'm weddings are um, I haven't been like I had to go to a wedding recently and it was it was just kind of like um. I hadn't been to a wedding in a while and like I'm in this mode where I like, you know, COVID made us all go away for a while and then suddenly yeah. everyone had to come back. But everyone came back in full force. So I was really not in a wedding mood when I had to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but, absolutely. But I ended up having a really good time. So, um, yeah, it worked out. Yeah. And that's I was the same way where I wasn't quite in that mood yet. But. My table was just that cool that it just got me into the uh, partying mode, I guess. Um, nice. But, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I was just I guess I was just overall worried I was going to have to talk about work and boring stuff. And then it's like, oh, no, this table's filled with a bunch of cool, nerdy people. So it was awesome. But uh, how about All you? Right. What have you been up to? Uh, what have you been watching and well, reading? I, well, <laughs> so you didn't watch anything or read anything, right? I mean, barely, like I watched a trailer or two, but nothing substantial, you know, all what trailers did you watch? Uh, the Matrix. Oh, perfect. We'll talk and, about that in, recent, in a bit. <laughs> maybe, maybe more. But um, yeah, that's that's the only one I know of off the top of my head. OK, cool. Um. So, I want. All right, so <laughs> this is nuts. And you're going to go, where did you find the time when you hear all this stuff? Um, and this is on top of working a full time job, having a kid. That okay. Um, so, um, yes, I watched the Matrix trailer. We'll talk about that momentarily. Um, I watched. Uh, I finished uh, Sword Art Online Season 3, which I know I'm behind, but I didn't know it landed on Netflix, so I finally got a chance to watch it. Um, really solid ending to season three, but one of the biggest F you cliffhangers I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. I literally was like, that's how you're going to end season three. Well, I guess I'm going to have to watch season four. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Um, I made an attempt to watch Claymore off of your rec- recommendation recommendation. Oh, cool. I was way too tired when I started it and probably dozed off about five minutes in. Oh, so fair enough. <laughs> I straight up need to get a I, It was literally like the wrong time of night to start. It is basically, yeah, that. it is one of those. If I remember correctly, it starts off with a pretty badass like monster fight sequence. So it does oh. start off on a bang, which is even if you only watch like five minutes, because to be honest, the first time I watched it, I think I only was able to watch the first scene before having to be pulled away. But even if that's all you've watched, it probably at least, uh, you know, got your mouth watering for more sort of thing. Right. Well, um, like I said, I'm going to give it another go. Just I started at the wrong time of night. Um, nice. I'm going to bounce around my list a bunch. So I reread uh, Marvel Secret Invasion. Um the full arc because we have Secret Invasion, the series coming eventually on Disney Plus, and it was more of a refresher. Um, And I'll tell you, like, man, am I real... Part of me is, like, really anxious because it's not my favorite story arc, but it was also, like, they got a lot of work to do to pull this thing off. Um, And how they're not going to make it a bigger thing than just a television show has me curious. So uh, we'll see how the scrolls fare when we get to that on the show. Um, I read the entirety of the most recent matthew Riley book it's like 400 some pages i read it in like two days um, it's called two lost mountains um, it's based off the jack west series i know i've mentioned it before and i've talked about how it's like modern day indiana jones um, to give you an idea it's incredibly steeped in history and mythology and all this stuff um, but the one of the biggest things about the book that is just have my brain like completely infatuated with it is it's about a shadow government that it's like the real rulers of the world. Um, Okay. You know, you, you think we have presidents and Kings and Queens and, you know, uh, dignitaries and all that stuff that we're just like, oh yeah, they run that country. No. Yeah. But they may run a country, but they don't run the world. (laughs) Um, So the shadow government thing has been kind of a really cool villain thing, but it's all predicated on mythology. So you have like four pillars of this shadow government and, it's all predicated on mythology. So Hades and Zeus and you know what I mean? It's all oh, okay mixed in. So like the characters, all these villain characters are all like codenamed under these things. And, but it's codenamed for certain reasons. And it's just, it's, it was awesome. It is the second to last book within that series. So the next book, which comes out, comes out in October for Australia. Because he's an Australian author, and then we're yeah. not going to get it in the states until like almost May, which kind of sucks. But that's okay. Um, it's it was a crazy cliffhanger, but it set up the final book, and then uh, the final book I just can't wait for. So I finished that. That was great. Um, I started watching the first episode of this season's American Crime Story, um, which is a is titled Impeachment, and it's about the Monica Lewinsky. Uh, scandal that happened with Bill Clinton back right. in the okay. um, I was very excited to see that that's what they were doing. The first episode was fantastic. Um, so I can't wait to see the next episode. So is this uh, series, have they had previous seasons of that? Well, so the first series, so you have American Horror Story, which is horror story. And then you, <laughs> have, American, which, and you have American Crime Story, which um, is... The same kind of ilk. So each season's its own thing. Um, but it's uh, each season is a true story that from American crime. So the very first season is the O.J. Simpson trial. OK, that's what that's why I was asking, because I yeah. thought it might have been that one. But yeah, uh, yeah that sounds pretty people, cool. People versus O.J. Simpson. And then the second season was the assassination of Versace, um, which I didn't like that one so much because I, I found that one kind of boring. I didn't really get into it. Um, But this one, when I found out they were doing Monica Lewinsky, I was like, ooh, you know, like I'm going to check this out. And the first episode was great. I don't Um, know when the assassination of Versace took place, but uh, in my own lifetime, like the O.J. Simpson trial and the Monica Lewinsky scandal, that was like inescapable news stories. And this is stuff that happened while I was in grade school and I still was clued in on what was going on. So maybe that's why like the assassination of Versace maybe wasn't as big of a story. So you didn't get those, like all those like cultural touchstones and stuff that you related to throughout, throughout it. I don't really know though, since I haven't watched the series, but just kind of spitballing here. Well, the, I will say that, um, the O.J. Simpson one was absolutely phenomenal. Um, so definitely, I honestly recommend checking that one out. Uh, if you. And like I said, each season is its own thing. So if you only watch the one season, enjoy it and move on with your life, you know? Um, right. And I just can't wait to see where this one goes. So, well, where it goes. I lived through it, so I know where it goes. But how, <laughs> they, how they handle it, it's so good so far. Yeah. Um, so I watched Impeachment. Um, trailers that I watched... I watched uh, Red Notice, which is going to be a movie on uh, Netflix coming out in November. Um, It's a looks like a heist um, chase film with The Rock, Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot. Um, Yes. So I didn't watch this one, but I saw this is one of those things where I've literally been so busy. I haven't had the time and I kept seeing. This is one of the trailers I saw that it was out and I just didn't have time and then I just forgot about it. But how was it? Like, does it look awesome? It just looks awesome. It just looks like the like that perfect rock Ryan Reynolds comedy action film, you know. (laughs) So um, I'm down. It looks great. Um, And then the other one from Netflix that I watched is a movie called Don't Look Up. Um, This one comes out on Christmas, Christmas Eve. I'm not. I don't know much about this movie. What caught my attention was that DiCaprio and uh, Jennifer Lawrence are in it. And I knew that they were working on a movie a long time ago, but I didn't really know much about it. So I watched the trailer. The trailer is from director Adam McKay, who made Step Brothers and Anchorman. And um, it's. Uh, Leonard DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Ariana Grande, Jonah Hill. Like the cast <laughs> is massive. It's one of those like giant casts. And it looks like it's the <laughs> end of the world asteroid going to hit the planet type movie. Uh, is it but, a comedy? Like, is it along the lines of Step Brothers it, and it Anchorman? Looks like it, 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 that's, it looks like along the lines of that, but with this giant, enormous cast. So, um, okay, nice. I, it looks really great. Um, it just made me laugh. Um, And then I watched the Matrix trailer. So let's talk about that real quick. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, The Matrix trailer looks awesome. Um, It also looks like um, the machines have uh, somehow inserted Neo back into the Matrix. Yes. Yes. And they're uh, they've completely evolved because now you see like the social media, social commentary and that kind of thing with the cell phones. And I'm just like, whoa, Like the machines are thinking, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, So what did you what were your takeaways? That was my biggest takeaway was I did not expect to have it uh, open up still like in the Matrix and then have, uh, you know, you see Neo and um, just him like confused and back in the matrix and not able to uh, make, make sense of the pieces of his past that have been coming to him and his dreams and stuff. I honestly didn't really know what to expect out of this trailer. For some reason, I thought that I don't know why every time I heard about matrix four, I just, for some reason I thought it was going to be this dumb thing where it was going to be the old cast, passing the torch to the new cast and there was going to be like a new Neo replacement character and a bunch of up and coming people that they are going to pass the torch to who are going to go on and fight the uh, machines and all that. But I actually wasn't expecting like such a proper-looking sequel, and I think that's really awesome. Um, my other big takeaway with this trailer, and this might be me just looking into things too far, but the color palette of this whole trailer was a lot different than uh, the previous Matrix movies. I felt I felt yeah. like it was a very warm color palette. There was a lot of scenes that had like that sort of. I'm I'm going to say Michael Bay, but that's for lack of a better l- lack of a better term. But those like Michael Bay ask, like sunset list, uh, lit scenes and stuff like that. And it just felt a lot warmer color wise than the previous Matrix films. And I don't know if that's going to tie into the. Tone of this movie at all, or if this is just a uh, maybe that's a connection that's not really there that I'm just filling in. But oh. I thought it was definitely interesting, you know, and I don't agree with you because I was actually going to bring that up. And you. Uh, so. When I this makes me want to watch the Matrix movies over again, whether I like the third one or not, I'm probably going to watch straight through the trilogy. In, oh, yeah, definitely. In prep. Um, but the. Um, what's interesting about that color palette, though, is if you look at the previous Matrix films, they're all inside the Matrix is very clinical, um, specific colors, um, very computer-esque. Even once you know you're living in the Matrix, once you know they're inside a machine, everything suddenly looks like you're inside a machine. It's got that look and feel to it. Um, yeah. But if we're dealing with the Matrix again, doesn't that make you wonder if – like, when I, like I said, the machines have evolved, the machines have learned, the machines have moved on. They've clearly put Neo back inside. So if that's the case, the machines have upgraded, like, graphically. Yeah. And um, they, there is nothing in the previous three Matrix films that were done without a philosophical or technological choice that was made. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. there's always, there was something specifically done to reference something else. So if there's that warm color palette feel that we're talking about right now, it's done with intention because of a story beat, not because of a filming beat. I absolutely agree with that actually. Um, and that's um, just, and that, that was my takeaway from it. Cause I was like, Ooh, okay. And then there's some moments where it's very matrixy and then there's some moments where it's not, but I think it's that illusion that we're supposed to feel like we're in the real world and not feel like we're in a computer. Yeah, it's like the uh it's almost like the humans got smarter, so the machines had to get smarter. Like I really like that concept. Um yeah. and I do actually agree with the the cinematography and just the filmmaking of the Matrix movies. You're right, like every cinemat cinematographic choice that they made had a sort of philosophical choice to go along with it. Like uh I took a literature class in college and, uh, at one point in the class, I don't remember why, but we ended up watching the matrix and like everybody analyzed it and wrote papers about it. But, uh, my teacher in that class was very adamant about noticing all the symbolism, um, like in every part of the matrix, like, um, when Neo first wakes up from the matrix and, uh, spoilers, I guess. (laughs) And he goes down that like sort of tube slide into this like (laughs) big, uh, like vat of water or something. And he's in the dark. And then all of a sudden, like a robotic arm comes and picks him up at that moment. When Neo looks up, there's three lights above him. And, uh, we were watching the movie and the teacher just said like out loud to the class, notice those three lights. You could almost equate them with the Trinity. And it's like the whole, you watch the Matrix and there's so many religious comparisons and all these different um sort of easter eggs in there and so I think having a class where all those details were pointed out to me really made me view those those movies a lot differently and I I'm long story short I'm basically saying I totally agree with you where if this film does use a warmer color palette etc., it's definitely because of a uh, really creative philosophical reason right now i will say that someone i'm not taking credit for this because someone on the internet has already posted this and they figured it out on their own but um if you look real closely throughout the trailer there's a television now in terms of the machine being smarter trying to be smarter than the humans and um the meta feel of that there is a compute there is someone in the background of one of the shots in the trailer is watching the the original Matrix film. Uh, Wow, okay. It's on a it's on a TV or something. Someone caught it. They had it online. It was like, whoa, hey, I didn't catch that. And and this is actually one trailer that I definitely watched twice just for the sole purpose of um because it's the Matrix and it's such a heavy-handed thing. So so what you're saying is in this new Matrix movie, somebody in the simulation of the Matrix is watching the original Matrix movie much like we will be watching this new matrix movie while we're actually living in a simulation and we don't even know. Yes. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like the only, I feel like the only real response would be like the Keanu Reeves. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it's up to the listeners to decide if it's Neo or uh, Ted saying that. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> All right, so Matrix, I look forward to it. I can't wait. Um, And then the other thing that I watched was Shang-Chi. Nice. As I hear a pause, I was like, oh, Peter, like. (laughs) No, I actually was was looking up to see if uh, Keanu Reeves played Bill or Ted to see if I got that wrong. (laughs) But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, how was Shang-Chi? So here's what I'll say. So Marvel bias aside. As a Marvel film, it's awesome. OK, OK, it's a it's a, it's a Marvel film. Like we, we walk into these movies with a bias. OK, you can't not. It's a Marvel film. Right. So as a Marvel film, it's great. As a martial arts film, it's awesome. Um, some of this is probably some of the best fighting sequences in all of the Marvel films. Um, they, they definitely do some like really cool martial arts fight sequences you know, you know, you know, Deadpool had some great ones. Captain America had some great ones. But regardless, there's, it's lots of martial arts fighting. They're all fantastic fights, but they also do that mystical martial arts stuff, too. So awesome. and, I know, and I know in the trailer they show the, the, the bus fight or they briefly show that there's a, bu- the, a fight on a bus. That's probably one of the coolest fight sequences there are. But then when you have to get into the mystical side of things and actually explain the superpower part of it, you get that mystical, uh, that magic of martial arts like a crouching tiger, hidden dragon or uh, hero or um, like films like that, if you know what I mean. So you get kind of this awesome like balance. So when they have to explain the superpowers, you get those kind of fights. But when you get the, but when you need to have the street fight, you get the standard Jackie Chan, Jet Li kind of fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, that sounds awesome. It's it's really cool how they balance that out. Um, I know it's in the trailer. I was kind of disappointed. To, this was one disappointment I had. Uh, the, the abominations in the trailer. So yes. well, the abominations in the movie. But the abomination is Barely in the movie. I, I knew it all. It I mean, more, as soon as I saw that trailer, I knew he was barely going to be in there. It was, it was more of a cameo than anything else. Um, and that kind of that kind of shocked me a little bit. Um, The. Uh, Wong, however, is in Wong is who's fighting the, the abominations, fighting Wong from Doctor Strange. And um, Wong is in that scene as well. And I was like, oh, hey, it's Wong. That was a cool little cameo moment. <laughs> Yeah, and Wong plays a bigger role than you think. So okay. um, nice. there was probably just a way to get Wong in. To be completely honest, and then he's a part of it. Um, now, with with the Abomination making an appearance, do you think that's uh, Marvel just planting the seeds for him to have a bigger role in the She Hulk show? Like, well, do you think that might be a possibility? Probably, because we heard that the Abomination is coming back for the She Hulk show. So that's probably that's probably a. good yeah i yeah i like how in some of the hulk stories and uh especially like that agents of smash animated series and stuff the abomination ends up kind of taking more of a hero role or anti-hero role and i think he's such a cool character design and stuff that i would love to see him and like a really good actor too like it'd be cool to see him have a bigger role in these upcoming marvel movies and shows but uh no as you're saying yeah so We'll we'll see where that goes. I'm, I'm really curious to see how that plays out. But, hey, this movie aside, it was a lot of fun. Um, this definitely has one of the most um, scariest looking end villains to the show, to the show. Oh, nice movie, like compared to other Marvel films, the villain was like legit scary. And you're just like and it, 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 it'll it take you back and you, you don't expect it. And then when you see it, you're just gonna be like, oh, OK, <laughs> you know, like. Um, not what you expect from a Marvel film. But like I said, this is this is Marvel, but it's also a martial arts film. Yeah, so You have to take it for a martial arts film. Um, but, yeah, no, the movie was just it was just pure fun from the beginning to end. And, you know, I don't know. And going in, I didn't know a lot about Shang-Chi. Um, he's not a character that really, like, resonated with me in terms of the Marvel books. He wasn't, you know. I I never really read his stuff, so I kind of went in to just it's the next Marvel movie, so you have to. Um, the bonus scenes, um, there's two of them. There's the there's a bonus scene mid credits, and there's a bonus scene end credits. Um, one of them is more of a setup for another Shang Chi. I assume they'll do another Shang Chi, to be completely honest, because we're moving into a new phase. Um, so my guess is one of them was for Shang-Chi, but the other one was a very bigger picture, uh, bonus scene. So make sure you check it out. It was kind of a, it was a, it was lengthy too. And I was like, Whoa, that's like, it was a lengthy, (laughs) um, but it was, (laughs) it was one of those bigger pictures, like where we headed for the future of the slate of Marvel. So that's awesome. I really want to see this, um, Like, as I've mentioned, my week was super busy, so I haven't had the chance. But um, I actually haven't heard a lot of hype about Shang-Chi, surprisingly. But your review is actually getting me pumped to actually go out and watch this movie because it sounds awesome all around, you know. Well, it's a good segue into the news. Um, Shang-Chi opened with a 90 million dollar weekend box office, uh, which which makes Shang-Chi the number one movie of 2021. In terms of it makes off. it makes sense. It. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I was going to say it makes sense. Um, like, I know we've been waiting so long for Black Widow, so we probably both wished Black Widow ha- held that uh, that uh, level. But I think it's kind of cool that people are going out to the movies again overall, you know? Yeah. Well, speaking of people going out to the movies, we don't have a lot of news, but we'll cover what we do have. Um, Remember, we talked about the Scarlet Witch Scarlet Witch um, Scarlett Johansson um, lawsuit. Yes. About. Yeah. um, So just to recap that part of her contract (sighs) accounted for a percentage of the box office dollars. Yeah. So. When the so a movie that probably would have made close to a billion dollars, she was supposed to get a cut. Um, Ultimately, it sounds like so because of the split. So they did the theater and Disney Plus release. Disney Plus money wasn't allocated to Scarlett Johansson, but because she's supposed to get a cut of the money made, that's where the. that's where the lawsuit comes in. So she's suing Disney because they didn't, they made the decision without her knowledge. And it was kind of like, well, we're going to release it on Disney plus here we go. And then now she's like, well, wait a minute, I'm losing money out of this deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now SAG is backing her up and SAG being the screen actors guild, they're backing her up and they're saying she's owed what her con she's owed the money from her contract because SAG the whole point of the screen actors guild is to protect the actors, so they get what they're owed when they do these things. So if she was contracted for this, that's what she, she should be paid. Um, and because of the situation where they're like, well, the movie didn't make this, well, it's fine, but she ultimately should have gotten that. You know what I mean? They're trying to make SAG is saying you guys need to be fair to your actor. Um, right now that being said, apparently, um, Scarlett Johansson reportedly asked Disney for a hundred million for black widows, Disney plus release. Um, <laughs> Her lawyers and the team approached Disney Plus for $100 million after learning the Black Widow would be released as a premier access movie to Disney Plus the same day it hit theaters, which means it sounds like they asked this prior to the Disney Plus release when they found out. Um, and Disney apparently is not doing it because the lawsuit is still in effect. The crazy part about this is that the Russo brothers – are at a complete impasse and unsure if they want to direct another Marvel movie because of the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit, because they're concerned about distribution causing them not to be paid properly. Now, if you want to put that into equation, the Russo brothers directed Captain America, Winter Soldier, Captain America, Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame, um, like all the big ones, all the, yeah. big, you know what I mean? So, the Russo brothers are concerned and that scares me a little bit. Cause you know, we're moving in, you want to get your a game out there. Yeah. And uh, this'll be an interesting thing to see if Disney actually, um, I don't know if Disney reworks their next contract with the Russo brothers, if they're going to keep them, I don't know. Basically is Disney going to make the actors and directors working for them happier? Are they going to try to stand their ground and try to get a whole new yeah. group of people in to make their movies? And it's kind of, uh, it's just a really interesting thing that's going to play out in my opinion. I feel like Disney owes it to the actors and directors who have made them a ton of money to like make them happy. But yeah, this will be really interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see. And that's, it's crazy to hear some of these behind the scenes stuff, but, and you know, it's sometimes gonna be boring for us to talk about this part of things, I get interested in this because it affects the bigger picture sometimes. Um, So anyone who if we have listeners out there, like if you have any younger ones, like I know we have kid listeners, for example, if you're listening to some of this and you think to yourself, wow, this is the boring part of the conversation. This can affect (laughs) this can affect bigger picture situations like who like you could lose actors out of deals like this. It could affect another film because they had to pull money from somewhere else. It's it's crazy how that stuff lines up. So.
1: We'll yeah, see absolutely.
0: How it plays out. Um, all right, we got some release date changes here. Um, of course, we we're talking about how Venom was going to be pushed back a couple of weeks, and then we found out Venom was going to be pushed even farther back. Venom has now been moved up to October first. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I saw a meme about that. I didn't look too far into it, but I saw a meme about how um, after how well Shang cheated, they're like, "Oh, maybe we can release Venom <laughs> sooner than later." So, I know. So um, right. Um I, I think it's awesome. It's back to that October first release date, though., uh, where do you have any thoughts about this one though, specifically? Well, no, I'm just I'm, I just think it's funny. However, it's made me hesitate buying a ticket cause I don't know if it's gonna get pushed again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like cause I'm one of those guys who likes to buy my tickets early because of the reserve seating. So, yeah, and I want to see it and I don't have a and we're I've had a few people like, you okay going to theater with all the covid stuff. Yeah, because when I went to see Shang-Chi, it was a decently packed theater, but I was sitting by myself. Right. Like there was no one around me, so I was kind of like I had free reign, like, you know what I mean? It was just comfy and whatever. I had my mask on the whole time, but I was there to see a movie. I wasn't there to like talk and converse to people, you know, so. Um, you aren't letting the audience members share your popcorn and stuff like that. No, I, I will say this funny story, though. I show up for a 1240 movie, IMAX, I got reserved seats. I walk in, the trailers are already running. Yeah. There's like two people in the seats. I thought it was weird, but I sat down, trailers ended, and the movie started five minutes early. OK. And then five minutes into the movie, all these people start walking into the theater. <laughs> See,
1: that's a little for, bogus. Yeah, they're
0: true. showing up for a 1240 movie and they're like, eh, the trailers start at 1240. <laughs> OK, I gotcha. So, so five minutes into the movie, they restarted it and the guy comes out and goes, we're going to restart. And he, there's like everyone's in their seats. He's like, we're going to restart it back to the trailers. I'm like, no. No. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, pretty accommodating, to be honest, but, though. Like, we're going to go all the way back to the beginning of the trailers. I'm like, OK, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it, it made me laugh a little bit. But, um, but that's all right. I got to see the trailers twice. So um, nice. <laughs> all right. So here we go. Venom got moved up to October 1st. But Maverick, uh, Top Gun Maverick, Mission Impossible 7 and Jackass 4 will be pushed to 2022. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Top Gun will now hit theaters Memorial Day 2022. Jackass will open in February 2022 and Mission Impossible will now be held back until August. So, um, I mean, that really we've been waiting for Mission Impossible 2 for so long. So that's so that's just really disappointing to hear. Well, Mission Impossible, we were waiting for it because they're doing like a multi film thing where they're doing two of them back to back. Seven and eight are being shot back to back is like one big. <sighs> Um, but Top But Gun wasn't it delayed? Pushed, pushed, pushed. Oh, sorry. I Top meant Top to say Gun Top Gun. Gun. Top Gun was supposed to come out in 2020. They yeah, I, I I misspoke. I meant to say Top Gun. My my bad. Yeah. Top Gun keeps getting pushed. Um, and because of this news, they are also pushing uh Ghost, Ghostbusters Afterlife as well. So, again, man, it's just. I know. I don't know. They they give us a venom, but then they take so much from us. Um, <laughs> give us a venom. <laughs> <laughs> regarding the uh, Jackass movie, I I think I'm in the perfect age and demographic where the Jackass, uh, you know, all the people on Jackass were kind of like my heroes in high school, and I went through the phase of like starting to feel like they're all a bunch of idiots and not relating to them. And at this point, I don't know if I am that excited for Jackass. Is it the fourth one? Jackass 4? But the thing is, I know when that movie comes out, I'm going to be in the seats <laughs> to see it. Like, at this moment, I have no interest for some reason, but when that movie comes out, I'm going to be so excited, and it's kind of the silly uh, dichotomy of my ways, I guess. I don't oh, know. Have you seen the trailer? No. That's okay. that's how, how much I... I guess it's just because I've seen... Like, I've already seen three Jackass movies. One of them's in 3D, and I have this, like... Thing in my mind, like, oh yeah, it's gonna be the same old thing. But like I said, I'm probably gonna be in the theater to watch it. Uh, what we're gonna say about the trailer? Is it hilarious? Or well, I went and saw Shang Chi, so I got to see the trailer. trailer. Okay, okay, nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I also heard that uh, I think Bam Margera is not gonna be in this new one, right? I don't remember if he was in oh, a tra- okay. I just don't remember if he was in the trailer. Yeah, he, he was always like he was always one of my favorite um, yeah. guys from that group. So I was kind of disappointed to hear that as well. But he's um he's had his own history and demons to battle and stuff. So I don't blame him for any choices he makes or anything at this point. But uh, the, trailer, yeah, be- the trailer definitely made it look funny. I just don't remember if he was in the trailer or not. Nice. Huh. Would you Drew? Would you consider yourself a jackass fan or is it just kind of uh um, it was kind of a take it or leave it. I, yeah, I hear you a little here and there. It wasn't something I like sunk my teeth into. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, I have to see this or I have to catch the next episode. <laughs> I was just kind of kind of curious because like Jackass came out when I was in, I want to say high school. And it was like it was a big thing for people my age. But I know we have a bit of an age gap. So I was just really curious, like what your thoughts on the whole thing were. <laughs> Yeah. No, I uh I jackass was kind of like I saw here things here and there but it was never th- something I was like, "Ooh, I have to see this." You know what I mean? Absolutely, maybe, yeah. Maybe it was the timing, maybe I didn't I had other things I had to be paying attention to. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um anyway, uh one last news story and then we can move on to our list. Uh DC announced for Christmas this year, um they're going to have a animated film uh adding to Cartoon Network's Acme Night. Um, called Merry Little Batman. Um, this okay. made laugh, this made me laugh a little bit. It'll bring Damian Wayne to the screens as Little Batman. Damian Wayne being Bruce Wayne's son, uh, one of the Robins. Uh, the film will follow Damian Wayne slash Robin, and according to a uh, DC statement, it'll be aiming to join the uh, aiming to join the Rogues gallery of classic holiday movies. Merry Little Batman could almost be titled How Little Batman Saved Christmas. <laughs> when you look at the synopsis series, which sees six year old Damien Wayne being left alone in Wayne Manor and having to defend the mansion and Gotham from super villains intending to bring down Christmas under the guise of little Batman. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, it just made me laugh and it made me go, huh, I might have to watch that just for the sake of the humor value. I think they are I don't think they are it's going to be thrown into something canon. It's an animated movie just for fun. It's like a little Batman Christmas special, if you will. Um, do they have, like, uh, any art or anything from this movie? They have. Uh, they do have a little bit of art that's released. Um, there's a screenshot of him as Robin, and then there's a screenshot of him. I don't know if you know the Damian Wayne future Batman trench coat art. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? Not off the top of my head, no. Yeah, they have uh, – when they introduced Damian Wayne, they did a couple things where they showed flash-forwards to the future. Like, if he became Batman, this is what he would look like kind of stuff. And it was some really cool like future world stuff. And he's got and he's wearing like this trench coat kind of thing, almost like the nightmare Batman look from Batman versus Superman. And um, they have a screenshot of him wearing that. But he's like six years old. <laughs> so it's like little Batman. Um, OK, nice. I just wasn't cur- I wasn't sure if it was more of a goofy, like cartoony looking art style or if this is going to be like. Serious, you know. Based on the description, I couldn't really tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it just made me laugh when I read about it. I'm like, "Ooh, that's kind of funny." I want to see. Curious what your reaction would be, but you just yeah. <laughs> kind of chuckled more than anything. So, <laughs> well, I was I was actually thinking like, there's three things that I do expect to happen in this movie. One is for Robin to lay an egg. Another is for the Batmobile to lose a wheel and for the Joker to get away. And if those three things don't happen, uh, DC and Warner Brothers failed on this. One. <laughs> you you kind of did it wrong. <laughs> and if they don't make a comment about Batman smelling, it just absolutely. You know, <laughs> it, it could be really crappy lines of dialogue, but as long as you do it, like, <laughs> yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. Um, I hear you. Well, we'll see come Christmas time. And we're getting we're getting close. Actually, the constellations have shifted. It's colder when I wake up in the morning, which I love. I love waking up in the dark. Like, I don't like it when the sun wakes me up. I'm one of those guys. I'd rather wake up in the dark. That's why I like the time change so much. Um, Okay. like it's just my eyes can adjust easier, you know. Um, I just like to know that the constellations have shifted. That's really what uh, Helps me wake up in the morning. (laughs) Are you making fun of me for uh... (laughs) a little bit? I just wasn't expecting that phrase to, I guess I, I don't think about the constellations enough. I think it was my issue. So it's all good though. Well, on my back porch, I have a perfect shot of Orion when the constellations shift and it's just like this perfect like view with the trees and stuff. And it basically sits there all winter and it's like, I I caught it last night. I was like, Oh, Hey, the constellation shifted. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Anyway, um you want to talk about the list tonight yeah let's go for it cool man uh ryan it is list time so do me a favor and roll the thing and now for the top five this was your pick this week so why don't you explain your thoughts behind this and we'll go from there Yeah, so this week we're talking about our top five favorite TV show theme songs. Um, And I was kind of thinking of this along the lines of it could be your favorite theme song or opening sequence. I know a lot of uh, a lot of TV show theme songs have uh, a lot of visuals that go along with the music or sound effects that are happening. So I think that's both of those aspects, the audio and visual aspect of that whole concept is a really interesting thing to talk about. And that's kind of what I wanted to dive into. But I also when I was putting this list together, I was thinking about how when I watch a show that I really love, a lot of times I really end up glomming onto the theme song as well. And uh, when you're binging through a show or when you're just jumping on to watch an episode or two, I think there's this weird thing that happens where when a show has a really good theme song, it's this weird buffer. That's like, it'll be this like minute long buffer where you'll watch this little section of music and imagery. And for me, when it's done right, it turns into this little section of time that I can watch and it gets me in the right mood and the right mindset for a show. And, uh, that's one thing that I know with, uh, I know that nowadays companies try to pack in as much advertisements and as much uh, time, really, as they can into every piece of entertainment. So we've kind of gotten away from theme songs in general. But I think there is that sort of mood buffer that the uh, theme song provides that uh, I think we're missing a little bit nowadays. So I just think this is a fun topic. Uh, This is one that has almost endless possibilities. Like, I almost feel like I want to re... I want to redo this list later on because I know there's probably shows I totally forgot about, but, uh, I just think this will be a fun list to tackle. Uh, drew, do you have any thoughts on it or did you just want to jump in? Well, I never thought about opening sequences so much as I was focused on the theme songs. Um, well, I, I, so did now mention that you say that, that last I was week, like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did mention that last week and I do kind of want it to be focused more on the music, but if you're like, you know, if you want to in your description, if you want to be like, oh, I just really loved the way the music paired with this imagery. Like, I feel like that's a fair point to point out. So, uh, well, yeah, this was this was a hard one to just cover because there is um, there were like so Nick at Night now is almost primarily friends, okay. But when I was a kid, Nick at Night was like Get Smart and Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore and F Troop. And you know what I mean? Like there was a completely different array of shows on Nick at Night. So there's a lot of these old shows that I grew up watching because I was able to watch it on Nick at Night. Like they were long off the air. So they were just in syndication. Um, and we. Uh, just looking at. um just looking at this list when I was making lists of stuff and then I was like, Oh wait. And then there's cartoon shows. And I started writing down all the cartoon themes that I loved. And I'm just like, Holy cow, yeah. way, way too much. So absolutely, um, I basically grabbed, uh, let's see, several of mine are fairly recent. Um, but I like, this is a, this is a list we may have. To, and I almost told, I almost called you when I was putting this together throughout the week that we needed a, really segregate this and say, um, TV sitcoms, TV, uh, like do like a couple shows and sprinkle them throughout the yeah. year the thing and go, Hey, now time we're doing now for dramas, but just like an overall list. I did my best to kind of tackle this. So I, there's only one here that honestly, I think, will you and I will match on, um, we, well, maybe two, but there's one definitely, I think we'll match on. And if we don't, I'll be shocked. Um, but that's all right. Um, So how about this? I have two honorable mentions. I don't know about you. Yeah, I have two as well. All right. And this is weird because it's a um, where this is an audio podcast. I'll say this now because um, I I just it's weird when you have to do stuff like this because I want to play. I'd love to play the music and sprinkle them throughout as we talk. The problem is, is that I worry about copyrights. And there's so many stories about people doing their podcasts, like doing like a video, video podcast on like YouTube. And they try to talk about like the Matrix trailer, for example, and then YouTube yanks him down because of copyrights. So um, I just worry about that. And uh, that's why I don't want to play the songs, So it'll be hard to discuss it. But if you've seen the show or you recognize it, you're going to understand why, like, we pick certain things. Um, so that's why I say that now, but being an audio show, this could go, this could be a quick conversation because we're not playing the music. We're just talking about the songs. Um, so my first honorable mention tonight is a show that I grew up with. It's the show that made me kind of fall in love with the, uh, I guess the superhero mythos. Um, and that is the Lone Ranger, uh, the first hero in the mask for me. Um, and this is one that, you know, the show is long gone when I was growing up, but, um, that theme song that they used the William tell overture as the theme song for the Lone Ranger. And it, you know, to this day, like I can't hear that song without thinking about the opening sequence to that show. Um, yeah, that's, this is just basically a nostalgic pick for me, period. Um, and then when they did the Lone Ranger movie, uh, the army hammer movie, they put it in like the most perfect spot. Um, whether you like that movie or not, the final 10 minutes of the film, um, are definitely worth the price of admission and it's where they throw in the theme song and everything. So awesome. Yeah. yeah was, I, uh, I feel like I interrupted you there. So go ahead. No, not at all. Um, I think I was just kind of in agreement with, with you. I think, um, this is a song that I've known from a kid, just from being exposed to, uh, you know, loan, the Lone Ranger, very young, but then later on I came to learn it as, a uh, you know, this was the William Tell overture. And at this point in my life, I couldn't tell you much about William Tell, but I do know a lot about uh, or a decent amount of about the Lone Ranger, I guess I should say. But it's such an iconic and such an infectious theme song. And uh, even to this day, I feel like there'll be a random time where I'm walking around the supermarket or something and I'll still have the <laughs> the Lone Ranger theme song going through my head. But this one's just a really great pick. Because it's super iconic. It's super catchy. It's, you know, it's so infectious. And I think uh, I think it's really not only probably revitalized like this really old overture, but it's also kind of just kept that it's kept that tune alive. And uh, it's just a really it's a really good pump up song as well. So, uh, yeah, this is a great pick. This one made my short list, but didn't make my final list. But uh, yeah, right on. All right. Um, well, what's your first honorable mention then? So my first honorable mention is the Tales from the Crypt theme song from the old HBO <laughs> oh series from yes. the 90s. And this is one. So this one, I actually really love this theme song and I really love this opening sequence. Danny Elfman. And uh, is this Danny Elfman? I mean, yeah. it makes sense. I, I never realized that, but it's. <laughs> the thing about this song is uh well first of all i wanted to mention the the opening sequence to the song is you have all this really cool creepy horrific imagery of you going through this yard i can't remember if there's a graveyard involved or not but you go into this like old dark dismal mansion and you're turning all these corners and it's kind of this like first person like pov sort of uh scene that you're going through. That's really, really just exciting to watch. And then at, at the very end, you go down into the dark, uh, cellar or basement or whatever you want to call it. And the, uh, crypt keeper pops up from this coffin that he's sitting in and he, and he laughs and he says tales from the crypt. And it's such a, it's such a fun opening sequence. And, uh, I always loved the music that went with it. My issue with this song is, When I hear it, I know it like once I hear the song, I absolutely know it. But as far as like a song that sticks in my head that I can just start singing on command, I can never remember the tune until I hear it. Do you know that? Do you know what I mean? And that's like the one drawback to this one. But it's such a fun opening sequence. And when I do hear it, it is a really fun, creepy, like infectious sort of song, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is an infectious song and i it's, you know, I was never allowed to. I, I, our parents always shied us away from watching Tales from the Crypt. Absolutely. Theme song. So I caught a lot of the op- just the opening bits. But one of the things I liked about the opening bits was, you know, the, the show is like this very serious, straight horror show that told these little mini horror movies. But. That theme song with the sequence was very, like, claymation, cartoony, like, got you pumped up for something cool and exciting. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I always... The Crypt Keeper is also just a cool character, so... That's what's funny, though, too, which you kind of were getting at. While I was putting together my list, I was thinking about this opening and how... After that, just such a bombastic, fun opening to this show. I feel like any story that followed that could not live up to what you just watched. (laughs) Like like any story, any like short horror story that you just watched could not live up to that amazing sequence. And that's kind of just something I was laughing about at the time. So. Right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, Tales from the Crypto side, it does kind of what we're talking about in terms of this theme song. It does kind of segue into my next honorable mention, if you want me to go for it. Nice. Uh, And that is uh, the DuckTales theme song. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm curious what the segue is. Did Danny Elfman write this as well? No, the segue is just it's a catchy song. And like once you hear it, it's like stuck. It's a huge earworm. But you mentioned DuckTales and this is an honorable mention, not because I like love the theme song. But, I mean, we all watch DuckTales. It's awesome. You can still watch DuckTales on Disney Plus or the new show or whatever. But the theme song, whether it's the new version for the new show or the old version for the old show, it's pretty much the same song. And everybody knows what it is. And you could mention DuckTales in a crowded room and at least one person will start singing the song DuckTales. Yeah, Uh, you mention the name and people start singing. (laughs) it. (laughs) Right. So this is honorable mention just because of the like. I guess you'd say global earworm than it is. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, no, that's perfect. I, di- I actually didn't even think of DuckTales. I don't know if it would make my final list, but it's definitely oh. a really good song. Well, was it's the super theme, theme song. I was like I was like theme songs. I'm like, oh, yeah, DuckTales and Tailspin. And then I started, like going on this rabbit hole of cartoon themes. I'm like, wow, man, we got to re completely de- like Yeah, this I don't even like there's some songs like, okay, The Simpsons did not make my list. I'll tell you that right now. Spoilers. But that's a song that like everybody knows. That's a very like, yes, it's also Danny Elfman. But that's a song that like is is crazy. Like you could just say like the like the opening, The Simpsons, you know what I mean? And it just goes. So, yeah, well, I mean, and based off the Disney shows you mentioned, like, I can't remember the tailspin song. I'd probably recommend or recognize it if I heard it. And uh, same thing with like Chip and Dale and stuff. But DuckTales, I think, is the best, best one of those choices, because like I said, you say the the word DuckTales and somebody responds with "woo," and it's just it's just so it sticks with you for life. It's such an infectious tune. And uh, yeah, this is definitely a great call. Yeah. So, yeah, duck, it's like I said, honorable mention, not full picks. So anyway. Uh, what's your next honorable mention, man? Yeah, my next honorable mention, probably to nobody's surprise, but I went with uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers theme song. And this is one like, say what you will about your about this, this show. Some people love it. Some people hate it. I do think this is one... Of the best theme songs. Like, it gets stuck in your head forever. And it's not even just the uh, vocals on this song. Like, there's some really fun uh, guitar work in the background of the song. It's one of the. I mean, you can argue with me, but this is one of the most metal theme songs as far as when you look <laughs> in the scale of like, this is more of a power metal sort of song, but it's one of the more metal songs out of any TV show. And it's just a. Really fun song that this one's kind of like I was just saying about William Tell. Like, sometimes I'll just be walking around my neighborhood or something, and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers theme song will get stuck in my head. And I mean, the imagery from the opening credits of that show with the Megazord and stuff, that's all cool, but I really think it's a little slapped together. I think it's a little bit of like, oh, we made this cool song, we'll just throw this cool imagery on there. So it's not that's a little bit slapped together, but I just think the song on its own i think stands stands out pretty well so you know i'm going to have to look this up when the show's over because i do not remember the theme song to power rangers <laughs> so it's a go go power rangers and then there's like a guitar riff that plays in the background after <laughs> that so Uh, Thank you for the uh, amazing (laughs) sing-along. This is a pretty low-effort sing-along, but yeah, uh, definitely. Um, Did you want to move on to your actual list? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. All right. So this is another one that there is a generation of people that if you mention it, this is what they know. Uh, This is one that I grew up with, so it's a nostalgic pick. Um, it is not my favorite version of this in terms of television, but it is one that um, is has this crazy iconography to it, and that is Batman '66. Um, yes, the, the na bat. Like, I'm sorry, but that's that's <laughs> that bat. That, that, people know Batman from that song <laughs> alone. It stands out. It's it's what it was. <sighs> like, it had a cool opening sequence to it. You always. Every episode, you're glued to the end hoping a motorcycle rides by because that means, you know, Batgirl's in this in the episode. Um, yeah, no, Batman 66, it, it just takes me back. There's a nostalgic thing to it. But um, that's one of those like just iconic theme songs, you know, from television. So iconic it, is just the perfect word for this one is just such a good pick. And uh, you mentioning the motorcycle part, it actually like I wasn't even thinking about this, but. It made me remember the uh, sort of animated intro, and I say animated very lightly because it was such limited animation in that mm-hmm. intro, but it gave you everything you needed. You had the super bright, like 60s pop art sort of cult colors. You had the, uh, you know, you got to see Batman and Robin and all the heroes and villains in that show. And it's such a fun theme song, but it is This is another one that really sticks with you. Um, This made my short list. It didn't make my final just because it's not like a it's not a song I would listen to on my own time, just driving somewhere necessarily. But it is like it fits the bill of being one of the greatest uh, TV show theme songs of all time. Um, As kind of a funny aside, uh, my son is the age where I can start like teaching him stupid with little songs and stuff and trying to get him to uh repeat them back to me and stuff and uh, of course you know he's a he's a he's a younger boy so he likes superheroes a lot so i was trying to think of superhero songs i could teach him and i of course ta- taught him the old classic uh spider man theme song like everybody knows and loves that song and the only other one i could think of is you know the. No, 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 Batman, because I couldn't think of, like, there's other superheroes, but those are, like, the two really easy, iconic ones to go to. Like, I want to teach him a Superman one, but, you know, the old Superman show had the more, like, you know, look up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane sort of thing, it's not quite a theme song and stuff like that, so right. I just thought that was funny, but... Right, um, yeah, that is, <laughs> that is funny, um... Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's iconic. And that's just what you think. And I don't. And in terms of television, I mean, that like dominated was the number one show for the longest time, even when it hit syndication, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Anyway, what is uh, your first actual pick of the night? So my first one's probably my most obscure. Um, this one is it's for an anime that I've talked to. Tons about, so I don't want to praise this too much more. And this is my most personal pick, but I went with the uh, Berserk 1997 anime theme song. Um, and I actually looked it up while we were talking because I realized I didn't look up the the band that performs the song. But this, this song is called Tell Me Why, and it's performed by the band Pen Pals. And it's a uh, it's like a, a Japanese alternative rock song. And it's it's really funny because it's this late 90s sort of alternative rock band that sings this kind of like it's kind of crappy, but in a good way, (laughs) like the production isn't really good and it kind of sounds a little garagey, but it's really it's a really catchy song that's really fun to listen to at the same time. And what's funny is it's paired with this anime intro that is this like really epic medieval sort of like battle scenarios that you're watching on this opening intro and the music and the imagery doesn't really match up at all. But at the same time, the song is so catchy that when I watched this anime, I made sure to watch the intro for every single episode. Cause I liked it so much. And there's also just as far as the opening uh, imagery, there is like a cool sequence of it where you have Guts, who's the main character from Berserk, who's standing on a cliff as like this lone swordsman and he's holding this giant sword he has up in the sky and it just looks badass. But like I said, it's paired with this kind of like punky late 90s alternative rock that doesn't really fit. But at the same time, there's something endearing about how it doesn't fit and you end up just falling in love with it. So this is one of this is more of one of those, like if you ha- if you watched it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you probably don't. But uh, I just had to go with it because it's one of my personal favorites. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's I don't know the theme song. But it, when you said that, it made me think in general, I really enjoy anime theme songs. Um, I don't listen. I don't even look at the lyrics. I just like the physical sound of a lot of them. Um, so like, you know, like you're the lyrics have like a music track that they follow. The music has its own music track they follow. And the blend creates the music that you hear a lot of times. Um, if you take any song nowadays and you remove the lyrics from it, it sounds like you hear the beats, but then you're like the lyrics just kind of make the other parts of the notes. Um, so, like, even though I don't know Japanese, I l- really enjoy anime theme songs. I think they're awesome. Um, Absolutely. Sword Art has. Multiple opening themes, um, the every like the middle of the season, the show goes through a change. So every season you watch, there's a change like right about the halfway point. And when I say a change, we're talking in story. It's like a story beat that happens, like formulaic story beat. So when that happens, the theme song changes. So there's two two theme songs per season. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And they're all awesome. You know what I mean? But it just like I will. I love listening to those anime theme songs. I just do. Um, I don't have any on my list, actually, because I couldn't nail down one specific one that I was like, oh, this one stands out the best to me. But uh, absolutely. But I I do think it is. And it depends on the series and the vibe that the series is going to. But some of those Anime opening themes are just such like really good, just like pump you up sort of songs. And it's one of those uh I do really I do really like the music from anime and especially I haven't done it with a lot of them, but when you do get the chance to go back and either listen to the opening tracks or the background music, and it's just something you can listen to in your car and it'll bring you back to that moment, uh, where you are, where you were watching that show. Like it's just super, it's a super fun experience. So, um, yeah, I definitely know what you mean there, but, um, yeah. What do you, uh, what do you got next on your list? Next. I want to see which one should I do next. All right. I'm going (sighs) to, yeah. All right. I'll go with this one right now. It's a Disney show. It's fairly newer. It's called Phineas and Ferb. Do you know the show? Do you know the theme? (laughs) So I do know. I, I've seen a little bit of the show, but I know the theme. Um, I think it's. Well, I'll let I'll let you talk about it. But yeah, I know. I'm familiar with this one. The the band is Bowling for Soup. That's what I was gonna say. I think it's Bowling for Soup. Who does this one? (laughs) The band is Bowling for Soup, and they actually have a cameo. And I think this is there is the for sure one episode that they have a cameo. But that camp, that theme song is just they literally just explain the show. Yeah, but it's such it's such an amazing, amazing theme song. They lay it out for you. The kids are on summer vacation. What are we going to do? We got one hundred and four days. Each day has to count and matter. And it's just it's literally like one of the best, in my opinion, theme songs ever. (laughs) Um, And then throw in that show as a whole. There's tons of great music that comes out of that show um so yeah i don't know you should in all seriousness you have a kid that show was written for kid. that show is made for kids to watch but it is written for adults it's fantastic um there's some really really great stuff in there so i highly recommend it since you have a kid that's gonna eventually be like watching stuff so yeah absolutely is it on disney plus yes it is Awesome. Um, yeah, I'll have to put this one on <laughs> and it was really great. I was talking to uh, there's a guy I used to work with. It was really he loved the show um like like an adult who loved the show. He thought it was really cool. And we were talking and he's like, he's like, dude, I heard they're ending Phineas and Ferb. I go, yeah, but they're it's going to have one hundred and four episodes total when the show is done. And he goes, why? That's kind of a dumb round number. I'm like. Dude, there's 104 days of summer vacation. His jaw dropped. (laughs) (laughs) Mind blown. That's awesome. Mind blown. Like each episode is one day. It was just awesome. So. No, no, that's 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 great. I definitely have to watch more of this. And uh, this is one that I'm familiar with. Um, I really like Bowling for Soup a lot as a band. And uh, from what I've watched of Phineas and Ferb, I've thought it was really fun. But I just. I don't know the song off the top of my head. Like, I can't think of the tune of it, but it is one of those things. I definitely need to watch this more because everything everything's adding up where I need to watch this one. So, yeah, and that one's that's definitely a safe one you can throw on at any time and just have on. Even if like you just throw it on for background noise and you're doing stuff around the house and glance <laughs> up every now and then you're gonna be like, God, this show's awesome. <laughs> so it's not like when I tried to watch Invincible with my kid in the room and then halfway through or, by the end of the first episode, I was like, yeah, I really need to turn this off. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, finishing Ferb can just run at all times. So, <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> um, sorry, um, man, what do you got? Yeah. So, uh, this one, I don't know if we'll match it all or not, but, uh, I went with the true blood theme song. Oh. Um, and this is another one that I actually realized I didn't look up for the, before the episode, but so I made sure to while you were <laughs> talking about something. But this is this song is called uh, "Bad Thing" and "Bad Things," and it's a by the artist Jace Everett. And uh, this song is just. It's just badass, to be honest. Like, I don't know whether to to describe it as like a country song or a southern rock song. But in my mind, it's kind of just like this really dark rockabilly sort of song. And it's just if you've seen True Blood and you've seen this opening theme song, it perfectly like perfectly meshes with the show, the vibe of the show. Um, The the opening sequence is filled with a lot of. Both gruesome, but also imagery that alludes to not only the whole vampire aspect of the show and the like the dark demonic other aspects of the show, but also just the Louisiana culture that the show uh, focuses in on. And I just think this is uh, I don't know, besides just thinking this is a badass, super catchy, just really good song. I just think it perfectly meshes with what this like the vibe of the show is going for and it's hard to find i know there's a lot of good theme songs out there but this one like true blood's a pretty unique show when you look at the setting and the world building and like okay this is like a weird backwoods louisiana swamp town that has like vampire stuff going on and it's a pretty unique sort of show and this this song just hits the nail on the head when it comes to capturing that feeling. So that's really the most impressing thing that I find about it. Uh, Drew, I know you're a big fan of the show, so I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one. I am, and I'm very mad that I didn't think of this. when I was. <laughs> <laughs> this was actually one of the first ones I, I thought of, but no, I definitely understand, because this show has been off air for a yeah. number of years at this point. I am completely bummed that I didn't think of this. And um, the True Blood theme is amazing. Um, This was actually my ringtone for a while. Um, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, like when I was watching the show, this was like my ringtone. I loved it. Um, But no, that True Blood theme, man, it's so good. I want to do bad things with you. Such a phenomenal like sequence. And then the opening sequence was cool. When I first started watching the show, I was not a fan of the theme. It was like the first like handful of episodes. I was not a fan of it. And then I just like more and more. I was like, it grew on you. This, this theme is great. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that, like even the main lyric, like I want to do bad things to you. Like it's such a, that's such a catchy, you. I want is bad it with things you or with you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're right. But, but either way, like it's such a catchy, like that lyric sticks with you. And there's weird, like euphemisms level to it where it's like, is this like some sort of sexual thing? Is this like a violent thing? And like, those whole, that whole like ambiguity to that lyric also fits with the whole vibe of the show. And it's just, it's perfect. Like, it makes me wonder, did the artist write this song for the show or did the show just find the song and it was just such a perfect fit? They went with it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I hear you there and I don't have a good answer for that one. because I (laughs) Absolutely. Um, all right. So, uh, my next pick is the show Community. Um, this is the sh- I, I can never remember the song when the show's not on. But it's one of those songs that, like, I always look forward to the theme song It's one that I never wanted to skip. Um, but Community has one of the it's just, in my opinion, one of the best theme songs. And then the opening sequence is just one of those like, you know, those like paper fortune teller things that you make in school. And oh, just, right. It, yeah. And it literally just flaps open and stuff. And then, like, it'll it'll move. And then as it moves, it's showing the cast names. It's showing these little doodles. But it's also like each opening is a different cast member. <laughs> so like the flap will open and you'll see a cast member's name. It was just a cool sequence. Um, but the theme, like, I always just loved it. Um, and I was watching I did a rewatch of Community and uh, my kid. I mean, he's 12, but he would literally like he'd hear it and he'd like run into the room just to watch the opening sequence because he liked the song. so um, (laughs) nice (laughs) he didn't didn't seem to care much about the show he watched a little bit of the like he'd catch an episode here or there but like ultimately he didn't seem to care about the show but he'd be like i love that theme song so he'd come running in when he'd hear it (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah no it's just it's such a cool song but i don't have much more to say about it than that it's just one of my favorites so this is one that like I've seen a handful of community episodes. I cannot remember the song when you mentioned the sort of paper fo- fortune telling uh, sequence that definitely rang a bell, but this is one I'll have to go back and uh, look up. Cause I can't think of it off the, off the top of my head. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, just yeah. Community. All right, man, what's your next pick? <laughs> so, uh, I feel like there hasn't been enough animated series on on our list yet. Maybe there has. (laughs) I mean, I guess I I had Berserk on mine, but uh, Berserk and I got Ducktales and Phineas and Ferb. Come on, yeah, (laughs) you're right. But there's always room for some more. And uh, I was really trying to think. Like, there's a lot of animated series theme songs out there, and there's actually a lot of really good ones, especially when you go into the 80s and 90s. But it. This isn't even my favorite animated series, but the the song is just so good. It had to make my list. And that is the 90s X-Men animated series theme song. Yeah. And it's just if you've seen the show and you've seen that opening sequence and you've heard the song like, you know, it's. It's just so epic and so badass and so cool. And uh, I don't know how to describe it further from that. Like it's it's paired with this awesome animated comic book imagery, of course. But the music, I think, speaks for itself. And it's one of those things that if somebody says x-men like i feel like that song's running through my head like it just perfectly encapsulates the series but it's also just a, such a catchy and such a cool song um drew i don't know if we matched on this one or if you have any we, thoughts we on this, did one. Not. this one this is a, this is another one where i made when i said ah, oh, like it's just it's one of those things where i'm mad that i didn't think about it but it's just i i hear it too man that yeah like you know it's <laughs> like okay. it, it's almost like it's that's more iconic than any of the x-men movie themes like when you think about it like it's just so good like i almost wish they used that in they the should've. movies i'm but sorry yes there was super cut of like the x-men films with that in there i'm sorry it's absolutely just, it's too perfect of a but no, and I'll tell you, if you really want to know what that theme is, the whole series is on Disney Plus. so Everyone should go watch it because it's the whole series is great. And it's predicated off the Jim Lee artwork, too. So, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That Yeah. God, it's so good. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> um, all right. And all right. So, yeah, dude, I don't know what else to say about the X-Men theme. I'm just kind of mad that I didn't think about it. That's funny. Um, all right. So, this one is a little cheesy for me to say, um, and it, but it's only because I feel like it's one of the it's an iconic it's an iconic theme. It's a theme we all know. I have a feeling you and I match on this one. Um, maybe not if we don't, that's totally fine. Uh, and it's it's a like I said, it's a little cheesy, but it's the friend's theme. Oh, this one made my short list. I love this theme song. It just barely didn't make my final list, but uh, I definitely love this one. Uh, It's it's a great song. It's iconic. Uh, The Rembrandts. um, It's a song that like you didn't hear like on the radio because it was on TV. And now I'm actually starting to hear it on the radio in full length, which I think is weird. Um, But (laughs) yeah, um, and it's probably just times passed far enough that they're like, okay, we can start playing that song again. Um, But it's just everybody knows that the I'll be there for you song. It's just, you know, I, I don't know anyone who doesn't know this song, so I don't really know too much to say it, but I just, I felt like it had to be discussed and it almost made an honorable mention, but then I remembered DuckTales. So it kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but man, I'm mad at myself for not thinking about X-Men anyway. Uh, So, yeah, what's uh, I don't have much more to say about the Friends theme, but it is it is one of the best, like when you just think of iconic and infectious and just a song that sticks with you forever. Like this is a really good one. And it does like it does fit so well with the show of friends. Like it's just it's it's perfect. Um, It also fits so well with everyday life. If you just listen to the lyrics, it's literally like we've all been there. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, uh, the what's funny is my kid is watching Friends for the first time through. He's never seen the show. So this is his first time through it. And it's been questionable because they talk about sex way more in the show than I think I realized. So I had to have some conversations here and there about certain things. But uh, <laughs> that aside. But I mean, you also have to you also have to have conversations after watching Teen Titans go to the movies. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are uh, you really safe ever? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, he wants to what, what like you get. You have an option on HBO Max to skip the theme and he doesn't want me to skip the theme. He wants to hear it. So we have to sit through it every episode, which is great. And then he gets mad at me when I don't clap when they clap on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, dude, I'm good. I've sat through the show before and here I am listening to it for another 210 <laughs> times. So <laughs> I'm just trying to watch the show. I didn't know there was all these rules. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. All right, man. So what's your next uh, what's your second to last pick? I was going to do these in a different order, but for the potential of last of matching for our last one, I'm going to change the order a little bit, which kind of sounds silly, but uh, let's go for it. Uh, the next pick that I want to talk about is the Simpsons theme song. Drew, oh. I know you already mentioned this, but uh, I just had to, it was one of those things where it's like, I don't really like listen to the Simpsons theme song on my spare time, but I just had to, cause this, I don't know if the song is just so iconic or I've just heard it so many times that it's iconic, but I just think really when it comes down to it, Danny Elfman is some, he just nailed, he just knocked it out of the park when he, he wrote this song. And this is a song that when I first learned that Danny Elfman did the, the, Uh, theme song for The Simpsons, I was really shocked because I knew I knew him as the guy who did all the music for the Tim Burton movies. And I know he's had like a vast career before that, of course. But uh, I was just kind of shocked. I was like, oh, so he can do stuff that's not spooky. (laughs) But as the years went on, I just started to appreciate the song so well for just how jovial and how much it fits with the series. And uh, when it comes to like The Simpsons, like the opening sequence and Just as you mentioned before, that, uh, you know, opening the song and you're going through the clouds and you see the Simpsons and then you hear that the Simpsons and like just the way everything plays out. It's just it's so iconic. It's almost one of those things that I feel like I could if I wanted to, I could do like a blind narration of everything that happens in the opening (laughs) since the uh, sequence. And it is one of those things where I don't know is that because I've seen the show that many times, or is that just because of how iconic and how much it sticks with you? And that's up for debate, but this one's just, this is a classic. This is in the, yeah, I don't know if I want to say Mount Rushmore, but it's definitely in the hall of fame of uh, TV theme songs. This is one of the best. So I don't want to go on too much. Drew, do you have any thoughts on this one besides what you said before? Not really. This is just, I mean, it's a great theme. Uh, Danny Elfman. It's one that, everyone perks up at, um, yeah, good stuff. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, anyway, so yeah, moving on, I guess, uh, to my final pick of the night. Um, this is a theme song that, um, took the world by storm. If you will. Um, this is a theme song. I believe you and I match on, at least I hope we do. Um, this is a theme song that needs to be played at like full volume at all times and should amp you up. Like as soon as you hear it, your brain should <laughs> turn to the TV and be like, what's on? Um, and I'm and I'm referring to Game of Thrones. Awesome. OK, this is the one that I, I was like, nope, I'll save that because we might match. Okay. But yes, we did match on this but one. Yeah. Game of holy Thrones. How is this such that you could not have written a better theme song for that show? Like, oh, my God, is that theme song amazing? And it needs to be played at like the highest volume ever. You need to shake walls with this song. Um, and it's so funny, like I always, you see memes and stuff like, you know, when we were getting close to season eight and you'd see memes and they're like, we can't wait till this date. And then it'd be a picture of someone like just jamming out to the Game of Thrones theme. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, and it's one thing to like hear it at home on my great stereo and like have the volume really loud. And that was one that like my kid cannot watch Game of Thrones yet. He's not old enough, in my opinion, but he run like when I was watching the show, he would run out of the room just to watch the opening sequence because he loved the song. And he loved seeing the map because the map like the way the map changes and it builds the cities and stuff. It's such a cool opening sequence of the show as well. Not just the theme, um, but the. Uh, and then I got to go see this um, done live, and that was even cooler because I went because oh, awesome. I went to Game of Thrones in concert. So I got to see like the full orchestra with uh, Rami Dijwadi, um, uh orchestrating, and um, just hearing that like that that great that great orchestra sound like oh man, so so amazing. <laughs> anyway, That's awesome. what are your thoughts on this? Well, just relating to because uh, I know we were focusing more on the music, but relating to that opening sequence imagery and how you're looking at the map of uh, Westeros and uh, bordering countries and stuff. And you're listening to this music and all the areas are presented um, similar to like a tabletop game or like some weird, uh, you know, uh, mechanized like board game. And it kind of uh, what I always loved about that opening sequence is it does keep this sort of. uh it keeps alive a cool, like fantasy story and novel tradition. And I don't know. I'm assuming this is the case with the Game of Thrones books. I don't know because um, I haven't read them yet. But oh, you read them. You don't... don't play the song. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you can. But what I'm saying is, when you read a fantasy book, typically the first thing you look at is the map of the world you're in. And I just always loved that the show literally did that with its opening themes. Like it's such a creative thing to do where you the first thing you see is the map of the theme song. And of course, that's what you would see, because that's what you get when you open up a fantasy book, when you enjoy fantasy story. That's the first thing you see. And I always loved that that intro kept that tradition alive but moving on to the song this is a song that if you want to talk about something being iconic and like you said taking the world by storm this is a song where the melody of the song is super catchy and everybody knew it and if you started singing it or humming it other people would join in but this is also a song the harmonies even Everybody knew, like, everybody, you know, would, would catch on to that, like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, like, that whole, I don't know, It's just such a well-done, such a catchy song that just perfectly works with the show and, like, how it was paired with uh, the opening sequence, as I was just talking about. Like, this is just such a perfect... Uh, opening for a show and I just absolutely love it and I, I think it goes along with what I was saying before and I feel like this might be a weird concept but I really do believe that that sort of you know if you take a, a minute out of your show to give a really good opening theme and it's something that can get your viewers into the mindset and into the mood for the story you're about to tell I think that's a really important and really cool experience to have. And that's kind of why I, I wish more newer shows would do full on theme songs. But Game of Thrones, I feel like, is one of the most recent great examples of this. So, uh, yeah, it's awesome that we matched on this one for the last uh, the yeah. last pick. <laughs> did you see uh, did you ever hear the Peter Dinklage theory <laughs> with the theme? I might have, but it's definitely been a while that peter dinklage his name is the lyric is the only lyric to the the entirety of the game of thrones theme and you'd basically like it would be like dinklage peter dinklage peter yeah and like it's so funny when you like and even when you do the slower parts it like still the bands out properly if you if you do the syllables correct it's so hysterical um so um so Yes, I've heard that. Uh, I think your son actually told me that at like a random family party or something like that. But uh, no, the version I know is the uh, let's see, Game of Thrones, and then expletive deleted. I guess we can go with. <laughs> no, I know a YouTube right. version where they did Game of Thrones blank over and over again, which was pretty funny. But right, um, yeah, I don't know this. Oh God, this songs the song's awesome. And it's one that I have like in my car so I can just have it. It, you just it every now and then. And you're just like, yeah. And you just go driving. Yep. There, and you're like, it's literally like, as soon as it starts, like, no, nope, that's gotta be cranked up. Um, so yeah. Awesome. All right. So that kind of brings us to the end. Um, what do you, um, do you want to hear what we're doing next week? Yeah, let's go for it. Cool. So I'm sitting in jewel jewel. Yeah. So I'm sitting in jewel and, um, I'm near the gro- near the uh, checkout line and I'm looking at the magazines while I'm waiting. Cause they have that like rack, like right there. And one of them, I think it was either time magazine or people. I don't remember which, but the cover had the twin towers on it because this is the 20th anniversary of uh, nine 11 had a bunch of pictures of these people that I didn't recognize in front of the towers. And it said 20 years later, children of children of nine 11, assuming that these are kids who were babies and they lost their parents in the towers or a parent or something like that. And they've grown up because 20 years later, like where are they now? Kind of thing. Um, And I, and that made me go, Oh, holy cow. And then it it sunk in that I was like, wow, we're 20 years away from nine 11. So this is the 20th anniversary. I'm not talking specifically about nine 11, but it did make me think 20 years back. Let's take a look at the movies from 2001. All right. Yeah. Makes so, sense, yeah, I, I it's a really weird way of getting to that, but that's what made my brain. <laughs> and I was like, oh, huh, that's interesting. Let's do it 20 back. And I double checked. It's a year we have not done yet. So I thought it'd be kind of fun. And we haven't done a year in a little while because we've been doing weird lists <laughs> 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 lately. Um, so let's do something a little bit more normal for a minute and go back to movies from uh, 2001 and call it a day. Yeah, this will be fun. Um,
1: and Yeah, this is I'm another one where ahead. I can't think
0: of. I can't think of one movie that came out. In Absolutely. <laughs> so. Yeah. This'll be, uh, this'll be an interesting one, but, uh, yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, Hey, um, do you have anything else before we close out for the night? No, you know, that's all. <laughs> all right, dude. Well, do us all a favor, everyone check out our website, topfivereport.com. There you will find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the links to our email top report at gmail.com. You can interact with the show there, head us over on social media. Either way works. Um, We are on Google, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. Uh, You can also uh, leave us a review. We love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes words we say feel important. Um, You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Drew3927Peter. yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And that's where I'll be abbreviating all my verbs because they are in the PIM participle. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's a smart person <laughs> joke for a change. <laughs> all right. Yep. Everybody. For the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week.